The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 322 for July 29th, 2012. Samsung sales steamroll over Apple, Sprint and AT&T announce earnings, and where to get the best deal on a used iPhone. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. For the true Cell Phone Junkie, these applications let you listen to this show while on the go, including in the background, along with following along with the stories in the show notes, and even offer ways to interact with us through email or voicemail. If you're looking to experience the best The Cell Phone Junkie has to offer, our iOS and Android apps are for you. Now, if you have a cell phone that can text or email via voice starting next year, you'll be able to use it in your car legally, that is, as long as you never actually touch the device. So just this week, California Governor Jerry Brown signed the Freedom to Communicate bill. This adds an exception to the anti-texting law in that state for hands-free devices. It states that devices specifically designed and configured to allow voice-operated and hands-free operation to dictate, send, and listen to text-based communications are allowed for use behind the the wheel that law is set to go into effect january 1st 2013 the drivers using dictation software such as siri or google voice dictation can send texts using a bluetooth handpiece or earpiece and an in-car system that integrates with the phone but what you can't do is actually touch that phone something both systems currently require the exact definition of which devices the law allows is unclear uh, according to the bill the iphone 4s as an example might be excluded because users must activate siri by removing their hands from the wheel turning on the device too can violate the law hands-free is the key they say so what do you think about this is this the future of mobile communication while in the vehicle or just another state's way of pushing the specific feature for uh not necessarily becoming ubiquitous no, it, it's really tough to say because this is a great exception. Just like uh, I believe here in Minnesota, we have an exception to the texting rule where you can still use your phone for navigation. You can't read email and look at web pages, but you can still do navigation, which to me makes perfect sense because, you know, what's the difference between manipulating Google Maps on the thing versus manipulating the, the Garmin GPS? Yeah, it's maybe a little bit smaller on your screen, maybe a little bit more intricate than the, the dedicated GPS unit, but not by much. Well, we have heard from Apple that they're going to be including a way for vehicles to operate their devices hands-free, and they've included about a dozen different auto manufacturers that will allow this to happen. Of course, that's not going to be coming up until uh, future uh, models of, of course, the, the software, versions of the software and models of vehicles. But who knows if we'll see a retroactive way to have this implemented. But certainly interesting, nonetheless, that you could press a button, say, on your steering wheel, say a command, um, and or hear what's happening uh, on your phone at that time. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, it, I guess it's kind of a... Um a legal workaround though for you know if your phone gets you know searched uh and you've got text messages being sent and received while you were driving during that time period you know if, if an accident happens or something like that and they they uh grab a hold of it but if this uh inclusion's in place you know legally then you can in your car supports this functionality then you're clear of that you know immediate crime that you would be committed of so that's probably more so you know, where you really get into the kind of nitty gritty of of changes like this. And again, I think this is uh, it's a very interesting thing to talk about. Again, we're, we're talking about a very limited number of devices and then, of course, a very limited number of cars. So you have to have both of those paired together to actually make what is going to happen here. Hopefully, uh, again, the ubiquity of this will, will come uh, in the future. And you said paired. Paired? 
Yeah, yeah. The, you know, pun intent. You know, no pun intended. You've got the devices paired, so well, they would have uh, to be paired, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, no, it's uh, it's it is tough for the legal system to keep up with the changing technology because it, it is so rapidly, you know, changing. Just you know, look at what the Ford Sync does and the new BMW systems and all these, you know, in dash communication with your iPhone, and now we've got the streaming music on there and reading tweets and all this. And it it, it is just it, it's hard for the government to keep up with the new technology that is. Uh, present with everybody now. As an aside, I have noticed something interesting with Siri. So uh, if you use Siri with a, a voice-activated, uh, or not a voice-activated, but just a Bluetooth system with a vehicle, uh, it actually interacts with the car like you're making a phone call to yourself. So if I pick up my iPhone and activate Siri while I'm in the car, the Bluetooth system shows that I'm actually making a call to my phone number, uh, and it still uses the speakers and microphone that are built into the vehicle to operate the entire call. But it's actually very nice. I use it for dictation quite a bit because... Um, obviously, I, I don't uh, I, I don't want to mess around with the phone while I'm driving. So if I see something that's come in, I you know push the Siri button and then I I dictate something out and then it gets sent off. And it's actually pretty nice, but it's it's kind of weird uh, how that interacts with it right now. But again, the way that I'm doing this would actually be in violation of this law that California is talking about because I am touching the phone and they're talking about uh, the ability to be able to do this with just either a steering wheel or I would imagine a dash button that's a, you know in place. So um, either way, though, it's kind of an interesting thing to talk about. And, you know, we're talking about the future of how you're going to interact with devices in a vehicle and with what a big issue texting and, and reading and using a phone while driving is. It's good to hear that things like this are coming up. Now, next, let's move on and talk about Samsung once again announcing a record profit in the second quarter. The company beat Nokia to keep its spot as the world's largest handset maker and also outsold Apple to remain the world's largest smartphone vendor. The latest numbers from IDC show that Samsung shipped 50.2 million smartphones in the second quarter of 2012, nearly double the 26 million iPhones shipped by Apple over the same period. Samsung's numbers were led by the fast-selling Galaxy S3, with more than 10 million S3s shipped so far. Samsung posted a net profit of $4.55 billion in the quarter, beating its $4.4 billion net profit in the first quarter and 48% higher than its year-ago profit of $3.08 billion. Total company sales came in at $41.8 billion, up 21% from the year-ago period. So the largest handset maker and the largest smartphone vendor in the world now, Samsung. Is there anything at this point that can stop them, especially on the Android train? It's, uh, you know, they've got huge numbers. They've got huge popularity. And, you know, the HTC devices that came out this year were, you know, very good candidates uh, for uh, competition. But it doesn't seem like they're going to make an impact uh, this year. This year, And, and, you know, the, the momentum that Samsung has built up is really going to continue here for a little while. I, you know, I look at the, the, you know, the other folks that are out there. I mean, obviously the the next big three would be, I would say HTC, Motorola and LG and each of them, you know, HTC is doing all right. Motorola is kind of announcing these devices that feel like iterative devices and are really not making big splashes. And of course, LG, um, I'm not really sure how many people are actually taking LG seriously, feel the same way about Sony as well. I mean, they've got some decent products out there, but you just don't hear about them as these, you know, you know, you know, knocking down the door devices that people are going out to buy. So uh, it, it's it's interesting to see how many devices Samsung is selling here. And uh, we can only imagine that they'll see some more here just a couple of weeks here before their next Galaxy event that will be occurring on August 15th. 
Well, last week we reported that the average U.S. smartphone user is now consuming 450 megs of data per month, but 3UK is reporting that their customers have more than tripled their usage over the last year, up from the same 450 megs that U.S. users are reporting to be using to 1.1 gigabytes per month. 95% of 3's customers report using data on their devices each and every day. Well, Apple on Wednesday announced its third quarter results, $35 billion in revenue and $8.8 billion in profit. The results of $9.32 per share missed the street's expectations of $10.36 per share, though profit overall was up $1.5 billion over the third quarter of last year. Apple shipped 17 million iPads, 84% over the second quarter, and 26 million iPhones, 28% up over last year. More than 16 billion dollars in total revenue is directly from iPhone sales, while 9 billion comes from the iPad. The App Store now offers more than 650,000 applications, with 255,000 specifically for the iPad. More than a 410 million iOS devices have been sold year to date, or excuse me, to date. Uh, iCloud now has 150 million users. That's up 25 million from the previous quarter. And with all of this, Apple shares fell more than 5% in after-hours trading. Now, on the desktop side, Apple announced the new OS uh, OS 10 Mountain Lion available from the App Store starting on Wednesday for $19. I picked that up and uh, works very nicely. And for those of you that uh, did as well, you'll notice that iOS integration uh, continuing there with things like reminders and notes and, of course, the, the notifications where you can just swipe over and see the notifications panel there. All of these things very nice, especially if you're using an iOS device. Now, on the hardware side, parts from various suppliers have uh, finally been pieced together. An iLab factory has images of a completed, at least they say a completed, iPhone 5 to show off. Now, whether it's going to be called the iPhone 5, uh, the iPhone 6, the new iPhone, which I actually think it's going to be, uh, either way, it stacks up to a device that looks very different than what we see today. The parts show a metal panel on the back side of the device that is the same material as the metal band that goes around the current iPhone. The four black bands that separate the antennas still remain, and it appears to be the exact size of the metal on the back. So if you take a look at a current iPhone, if you see there's the, where those black bands are, that's kind of the, the, the area that we're going to see this big metal back piece on it. Now, still standing uh, are the, uh, the circular volume up and down buttons on the left side of it, along with the ringer slash sounds silent switch. The phone's front-facing camera has been moved from just left of the earpiece to directly above that handset speaker. Also, the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack is now at the bottom of the device, as are the larger holes for the speakers and microphone. Interestingly, though, we did not see on this image at least a a secondary microphone on the top of the device, so I'm not sure how they're going to be doing the noise canceling moving forward. Also, the home button, sleep and wake button, and uh, mentioned the volume controls all look the same. Uh, The 30-pin dot connector has been replaced with that 16 pin connector that we've been hearing so much about and the screen does appear to be the new 4 inch 16 by 9 ratio display that we've heard about. It will be the first time since the release of the original iPhone in 2007 that an iPhone will have a larger screen than 3.5 five inches. So, uh, Joey, we're talking here about a device that looks largely the same, at least, you know, from the materials, you know, kind of the general uh, overall scheme of the device. Now, granted, uh, we're talking about a phone. It's not like we're looking for something that's going to have some sort of, you know, radically changed display, uh, you know, styling on it, especially with something that they've put so much engineering into. Uh, so do you do you look at this and, and think, uh, you, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, a little just too little or is this actually going to be something that those that especially have Android devices are going to be looking at seriously and the manufacturers of those devices uh, have to be scared about 
Well, I, you know, it's it's really tough to say. You know, it's a style they've got now. That's kind of the Apple iPhone signature look, I suppose you could call it. Now that two model years, but it's also a very efficient uh, look and design because that really does maximize battery volume, internal storage volume space that they can use for battery. And I think that's uh, I, I kind of speculated we'd be seeing that same design again due to the LTE uh, upgraded battery that they'll need. So I, you know, I'm really not surprised at that look, and I think that it. Uh, maximize even though apple usually kind of goes you know style over uh function they they seem to be with the iphone kind of trying to really stick with the maximum battery life uh to uh allow users to make it through the entire day maximizing battery life but actually looks it looks like they've made it thinner at least from what you can kind of take from the images it looks like that metal band is all the thickness that we're going to get and if you look at a current iphone on the side and take off about the i guess it's a millimeter or two on either side of that band where you've got that almost plastic uh you know bezel on there they're taking that off and it looks like it's just the metal band that's the whole thickness of the thing yeah and it's uh it really does give you a um a much thinner look so i think that it'll be a pretty popular design i mean everybody doesn't really want you know the coolest craziest looking phone but to to really to the average person it really doesn't matter they want something that's very easy to use quick and dirty and that's why the iphone continues to be popular the iphone 4s is still selling like crazy i know it's kind of declined just recently but you know everybody kind of knows there's a new model up and coming here and and i think that uh you know they'll bump the processor and they'll bump the memory which will make it just a really smooth and very slick device you know i'm sure we'll see something on the software side of things that we we don't know yet in ios 6 that the iphone uh uh the sixth generation iphone will have in it so we've got uh you know i think users will be very very happy with it even if it's not going to radically change the design up uh you know it's not going to have you know high uh, resolution cameras up front and it's you know not going to do anything real crazy but i think with the extra processor and the LTE and everything, it, it will make for a, a good upgrade. You know, we, we have talked about this. Uh, we did, I think it was on the last week's show, maybe it was the week before, um, you know, talking about what we're going to do as our next devices. And both of us are kind of leaning towards um, and another iPhone, at least in my part, and you're kind of thinking about a switch over to it. And both of us actually considering a switch over to Verizon. Uh, we've got an interesting comment coming up a little bit later about this. But uh, either way, uh, you know, seeing this, if this is the device, if this is what comes out, are you still feeling good about that decision? Yeah, I th- I think so. I I am ready to uh, kind of make this uh, move. I think so. I I, I think I'm going to stick with it. All right. Well, again, we we still know nothing for sure. I mean, these are all you know rendered uh, pictures that are put together, at least as far as what we can tell. I mean, they certainly could be real, but uh, we will not know until the next one gets announced. Which, you know, if uh, history repeats itself, we still have probably two to three months, honestly. So uh, keep a uh, Keep an eye on that one, of course. We're sure to hear more rumors as we go. AT&T on Tuesday reported earnings results for the second quarter of 2012. The nation's second largest carrier reported revenue of $31.72 billion, which included 3.7 million iPhones, representing 73% of overall smartphone sales. That's a lot of iPhones. A total of 5.1 million smartphones were activated, helping to add 1.3 million net subscribers, including 320,000 net postpaid customers. One-third of all post 
lowest paid smartphone subscribers now have a 4G capable device. Churn shrank to 0.97%, while ARPU was up 1.7% to $64.93. Sprint on Thursday reported their financial results for the second quarter. Overall, a loss of $1.4 billion was recorded on sales of $7.3 billion. Sprint sold 1.5 million uh, iPhones, 40% to new postpaid customers, and added 442,000 subscribers. Postpaid churn fell to 1.69%, and a record ARPU of $63.38 was recorded. Sprint says it has 56.4 million customers as of the end of the quarter, its highest subscriber total ever. Now, Sprint says the development of its LTE network is also continuing with 12,000 sites that should be on the air by the end of the year. CEO Dan Hesse said that Sprint will activate its LTE 4G network in the city of Baltimore by the end of August, along with Gainesville, Georgia, Manhattan, and Junction City, Kansas, and Sherman, Denison, Texas before Labor Day. The planned 9600 Nextel Tower sunset has been completed completed with the rest of the network to be offline by June 30th of 2013. Hesse also outed a new device during the call, the Motorola Photon Q. He said the device would be coming soon and would have LTE and global roaming support. Then later in the day, Sprint sent out the official press release for the Photon Q. The device features a sideways slider with a touchscreen and QWERTY keyboard. It will run Android 4.0.4 Ice Cream Sandwich and has a 1.5 gigahertz dual-core processor along with 1 gig of RAM, 8 gigs of internal storage, Expandable, expandable with 32 gig micro SD cards and a screen of 4.3 inches with QHD resolution. The main camera is an 8 megapixel sensor, it can capture 1080p HD video as well. Pricing and release date, though, were not announced. AT&T on Thursday announced an expansion of its 4G LTE network, bringing the total footprint to over 50 markets. New service includes West Palm Beach, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Worcester, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., and surrounding county expansion, Baltimore, Maryland expansion, and Boston, Massachusetts metro expansion. 51 total markets are now covered by AT&T's LTE network. So how can more than three mobile ecosystems successfully exist? And also, what's next on the docket for carriers? A single plan for everyone. As we talk about each week, you can help support the cell phone junkie and the work we do here by signing up for TCPJ Unlocked. Our Unlocked podcast is a bi-monthly premium show with in-depth conversations about the latest in cellular issues, as well as interviews with industry experts and more. You can sign up by visiting thecellphonejunkie.com and clicking on a link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. You can then either choose from a monthly or quarterly membership. A big thank you goes out to everyone that subscribes. And like I mentioned, three mobile ecosystems, can they successfully exist? Maybe even four. We talked about that as well as what is happening next with this single plan for everyone. Uh, we talked about uh, both of these here. It's very interesting, Joey, when we, we go through some of these questions here and uh, the one about the, the mobile ecosystems and how many can actually exist. This is a question from one of our listeners, Craig, and this is where we actually get some of the best topics are the questions that you, the listeners of the show, have for us. And we get to dive into those and really do some research on them and then kind of talk about what we think is going to be happening here in the future. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the point you brought up with the parallel, um, you know, with the with PCs and how we've got, you know, basically two operating systems for PCs and we've had, you know, others attempt to break in, you know, Chrome OS, uh, you know, Linux desktops, they just never uh, seem to break in. So, I, it, you know, I think it's a wonderful parallel that uh, draws to, you know, the mobile ecosystems. You know, these, uh, you know, these types of, you know, topics are things that are not going to go away. We 
find ourselves right now looking at really, you know, and it's it's hard sometimes on this show because we look at Apple and we look at Android and we say, okay, well, th- this is it. This is what everyone is using. This is what everyone is talking about. You know, rarely do we get questions about Windows or BlackBerry anymore. And, and we still try and be um, as, uh, as objective as possible. You know, we don't want to dig into... Um, you know, just or exclude anyone. We we want to make sure that we're talking about everything. Uh, and so, but but really looking at that and, and taking a step back and looking at that as a question, is it possible for for more than two to really even exist? Um, you know, when you look at the numbers here, where you've got over fifty percent of people out there with smartphones using Android, over thirty three percent using uh, the iPhone, uh, and then you talk about nine percent using BlackBerry, three percent using Windows Phone. These are some big hills that they've got to climb. And so uh, that's what's so great about the Unlock Show is that we talk more about the, the, just the news that's out there. We dig into some of these topics and, and, and find it very interesting uh, you know, as we discuss this. And, of course, uh, we, we love hearing from folks that are listening to the show and what you think about them as well. So, again, if you're interested in hearing more about this topic and the other things that we have to chat about on the Unlock Show, you can head over to the site, thecellphonejunkie.com, link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. Well, Google's updated its Nexus Q application this week, now offering support for devices running Android 2.3.3 Gingerbread and higher. Google also updated its YouTube application, which now has more features for the Q. Both are free downloads from Google Play. Well, Slacker Radio and American Public Media on Wednesday announced the launch of new public radio programming. Those stations feature content from Marketplace and The Current and can be accessed through the Slacker.com website or through various mobile applications. Marketplace offers listeners the ability to interact with the station to create a personalized program tailored to their interests, including Marketplace with Kai Rizdal, Marketplace Morning Report, Marketplace Tech Report, and Marketplace Money. The Current is one of America's top non-commercial AAA music stations, an interactive version of of the station will now be curated, hosted, and provided only on Slacker Radio. Because of the depth of the current's hosts and musical knowledge, the current station on Slacker will be able to highlight great emerging artists. This is actually a, a music station out of Minnesota, which is something uh, that I kind of find dear to my heart as being uh, you know, someone who's originally from Minnesota, and Joey is from Minnesota. So I thought this was a very interesting thing that they're doing. Both are available immediately, and Joey, i got to be honest, um, I, I love talk radio, I love NPR, just to, to hear the, the, the variety of content content that they have and uh, I've kind of fallen off from listening to it as of uh, the last couple of years because of Slacker Radio and to find Marketplace back on my Slacker Radio or now on Slacker Radio is really neat. I listened to Marketplace uh, a few times this week actually for my entire drive, uh, my entire commute just because it's so interesting and, and they, these are little bite-sized stories that you can listen to you know four minutes seven minutes at a time and so you can uh, pick off one and listen to it a lot of interesting olympics content this week uh to hearing about different uh the way that the the olympics um brand police are out there and and trying to make sure that no one is using the olympic rings in un, unofficial ways if you will and so some very interesting topics out there uh we talk about slacker a lot on the show uh it's one of my favorite applications i love being able to use it on pretty much any device that i have and uh, they offer some great plans as well so check them out and if you're a public radio listener uh, you're going to love it now that they have marketplace and the current integrated as well Google recently announced that Android 4.1 Jellybean had begun rolling out to T-Mobile's version of the Nexus S. The upgrade also comes to the Nexus S users on O2, Rogers, as well as Vodafone. No word, though, on when a public update will hit the Nexus S 4G variant 
on Sprint. Joey, unfortunately, bad news for you there. I'm not sure. Have you tried actually at all any of the the you know the the ROMs that are out there that can get you Jellybean on your device? No, they're 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 much too early still. They're they're just very very rough. Cyanogen Mod 10 is uh, out in beta. So they don't have one for the uh, Nexus S4G. They're 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 not even beta. They're probably early alphas or previews or whatever they call them. And then. Uh, there are some official hacked builds where they take the Nexus S version, put them, but they seem to be pretty darn rough still. So I'm just, I uh, keep checking the forums, uh, you know, once a week to see what the, the progress is being made. But uh, I'm not probably going to see that for at least a month or two uh, unofficially and then probably even longer for an official update. Which is a little frustrating, I understand. I mean, obviously, you've got a Nexus for a reason and, you know, being one on Sprint, it shouldn't make a difference. But un- unfortunately, in this case, it does. It does, and I actually did get to uh, play with Jellybean a little bit on a Galaxy Nexus uh, unlocked version here this weekend, so I got to see that uh, actually for the first time, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, you. Uh, what do you think about the, the Butter, Project Butter? You you buying into it, or do you think it's just a, just a gimmick? You know, I didn't see that much of it um, t- to really judge it, so uh, I, 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 can't, uh, I can't really speak to that much yet. Okay, well, I will uh, just personally say I think it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I think they've they've really opened up what Android, uh, you know, the the experience that you have with it is one of the biggest complaints that I had. It was one of those almost you can't put your finger on it, uh, you know, literally and figuratively how much smoother iOS is than Android, and and they've really addressed that complaint uh, very well. Yeah, and the reason is because I've never used a Galaxy Nexus on ICS, so I don't know how to compare it. And that's where it really was uh, uh, kind of an issue because, you know, of course, it's faster than my Nexus S, of course. So I, I wasn't really able to, you know, compare apples to oranges there. Or it's more like apples to oranges comparison. Yeah, apples to Androids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. AT&T this week announced that it would be pushing Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich to the LG Nitro HD starting on Tuesday, July 31st. AT&T said that two specific maintenance updates will also be pushed out in the coming weeks, but did not specify dates. On to the questions and comments. First one is a comment from Andrew. He says, regarding the podcast question last week about iPhones and straight talk, unlocked iPhones will run on straight talk without issue. No special SIM is necessary. Even locked AT&T models will work as well. Well, Andrew, thanks for your comments. I may not have been perfectly clear about uh, the use of, we were talking about last week, the SIM card uh, through what's called a Gevi SIM or GV SIM. Um, I was specifically talking about this use for Sprint and Verizon iPhones, and, and that's when you need this SIM. Um, it's good to know, though, that a locked AT&T iPhone will work uh, with a straight talk SIM without issues. That's uh, for those that have uh, AT&T iPhones, which is millions of people out there. You could go and buy a straight talk SIM and just pop it in and be good to go. Yeah, that'll save you a huge amount of money if you can't do the the actual unlocking process through AT&T, uh, you know, if you've uh, completed your contract or whatever those uh, terms were. So that is actually a really, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I, I do appreciate that, Andrew, because I, I it was one of those things I, I didn't quite know if that was true or not. I mean, you, you do searching and you find out and, you know, it seems like it is, but then you read people, oh, it's not working for me. But it uh, sounds like those may be isolated cases. So good news there. Next one is a comment from Bobby. He says, guys, just wanted to make a comment on the topic of shared plans that you talked about in episode 321. I have two smartphones on my family plan with Verizon, and it's been this way for about three years. I also have two feature phones on there as well. I purchased my Galaxy Nexus just before they changed to the tiered pricing, knowing if I waited, I'd lose my unlimited status. I've averaged it out, and with the two Android phones, we use about six to eight gigabytes of data per month. The feature phone d- feature phones don't use any at all, but of course, uh, if we switched to the new plans, I'd be spending more per month than I do now, and, we d- and then would, of course, have also 
a data cap. We rarely use our phones for voice, so unlimited voice and text is irrelevant. I already have unlimited texting as it is. I purchased an app from the Play Store that allows me to use my Nexus as a hotspot that I use for iMessage on my iPod Touch for my iPhone friends and maybe let my kids download an app or use Facebook on their iPods, but that's about it. I don't abuse my data plan, but I like the fact that if I need it, I can use 10 plus gigs of data and I won't have any extra charges. You guys seemed pretty excited about Verizon's new plans, but honestly, I feel as a customer of theirs for over eight years that it's just a new way for them to get as much money as possible from me despite them promoting this as a great thing for customers. I know eventually they will force me to go to one of the new plans, but for now, I will enjoy the unlimited data on the fast and fantastic LTE network and know I probably won't leave them when my contracts expire because no one comes close to their quality and I've had nothing but great experiences with their customer service. I suppose I can talk myself into accepting a new pricing because of their great products someday in the very distant future. Bobby, you make some great points here. And, and Joey, quite honestly, I, 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 I kind of feel for a guy like this who's you know absolutely you know on the right plan for him right now. And changing to one of these new plans is going to do nothing for him but just increase his bill. Yeah, and that is unfortunate. Verizon has done this for the you know person with the one or two phones where it just happened to be where it is a better price and you're a heavy data user. See, that's where, where it becomes an advantage if you're a light data user and you've got more than two devices that have data. That's where you really save the money. But, uh, you know, it's got potential for money savings. But for the individual or the, the one or two people, it's not. It's actually yeah drastically more expensive. So it is it, it, it is kind of... Uh, I am very surprised that Verizon did this um, drastic of a change where they don't have an individual plan still available. It, it really is uh, pretty amazing. And I guess for me, I, you know, I look at what I'm using right now on AT&T, and unfortunately, I, I'm, I've already seen myself here, and I've still got almost half my month left. I'm over two gigs of, of usage already this month, and uh, I'm going to hit that three gigs, and I'm going to be throttled then. And so to me, uh, yes, I'm not going to get charged any extra, but I'm essentially going to be, from at least what we're hearing, using the, the phone at completely unusable speeds. And so the fact that they have they've made this change and uh, and done this to me makes I guess makes me think about my AT and T plan now as a three gig plan even though it is unlimited and so making a change over to Verizon doesn't seem like that big of a, a difference especially when I can for, get four gigs of data share it between this phone and my wife's uh, phone which she uses less than a gig a month far less than a gig a month and and really have no have no problems there um, and, and get unlimited minutes and get unlimited texting which yeah texting isn't a big deal but minutes are, are becoming an issue and and so this, this is where for me specifically this sounded really good I forget about the fact that Verizon does not do anything to you after you go over a certain amount of data. They just let you use an unlimited amount of data if you're on one of those plans. I mean, really without consequence. That's, I think, a, a pretty interesting thing. As, as Bobby points out, he's using six to eight gigs of data per month. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing there that that's causing him any throttling or limiting or anything like that. Uh, and that's that's a that's a benefit of still being on one of these older Verizon plans. Now they get you right if you want to get a, a new device, you're going to have to upgrade uh, on a subsidized price point. That is, you're going to have to upgrade to one of the new plans. If you choose to just pay uh, the full price for it, you can keep that plan. But you're going to have to figure out over the course of your two year contract or however long you're going to stake with Verizon, what's going to be the better deal. 
Honestly, it sounds like for you, Bobby, you may just want to pay outright for devices or maybe hold on to them for a little bit longer. Maybe not just keep them for two years, but hold on to that Nexus for an additional year if you can hold up for it or buy used devices. That's another way to go. You, I, I definitely advocate for that. You don't have to buy new devices all the time. Um, you know, Hang out for a little bit and, and pick one up that may be a couple hundred bucks off what the unsubsidized price on Verizon is. So there are some options for you. Um, absolutely great points though here. Don't want to get too excited about it, especially when there's a lot of folks out there in a very similar situation to you, which are using a lot more data than some of these new plans are and would charge you a lot more to use the same amount of data. Next one today, a voicemail from Scott. Yeah, good day, Mickey and Joey. It's Scott from Sydney, Australia, currently visiting the United States. Just wanted to know, my girlfriend wants to switch to a different phone provider because of AT&T charging a lot for what you get for data and messaging, etc. And she's looking at possibly straight talk and possibly the LG Optimus Q or the Samsung precedent. And what I wanted to know is your thoughts on straight talk. I know the LQ, sorry, the LG Optimus Q is on the Sprint network from TrackPhone and the same with the Samsung president, uh, president. So I just wanted to know your thoughts on um, those particular phones and also your thoughts on Straight Talk and its $45 plan with the, say, they say unlimited, but there's two gig of data and then you're throttled down to 2G speed uh, or thereabouts. So yeah, if you could... Uh, let us know what you think on the above. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Scott, thanks very much for your question. Uh, first off, as far as straight talk is concerned, um, we've talked about it before. It is a good option for those looking for a prepaid network, and you do need the unlimited talk and text. Um, as you mentioned, the two gigs of data may be enough uh, for you or may not. It's not going to be enough definitely for everybody, but uh, would certainly work well for most people. Uh, I'd keep them in mind for your situation, though it sounds like it could work out very well. Now, regarding the devices that you're referring to, the Optimus Q and the Samsung Precedent, uh, they're both entry to mid-level phones. Um, personally, I would go with the Precedent because it's a slab-style device. Um, I'm not a big QWERTY keyboard fan, but if you are looking for a QWERTY keyboard, then the Optimus Q may be the right choice for you. Both are pretty cheap, so even if you don't like the one that you pick right away, you're not going to be out a lot of money. Uh, so either way, you're probably okay to go there, but the great news about Straight Talk is you're not necessarily limited to just AT&T devices. You could also go with something that works on the T-Mobile network. You can choose T-Mobile uh, when setting up that SIM. I don't know if that's going to be a network that's going to work personally for you, but um, I do think that Straight Talk is a good way to go if you are looking for the minutes and the texting, and uh, you can get by with uh, under two gigs of data. You know, Pick up uh, pretty much any device that you want, and uh, either one of those, again, Entry to mid-level devices, they're not going to blow you away as far as the features and the functionality. Uh, these are devices that are more like specced into, you know, like the 2010 era. So keep that in mind when you pick one of those. Next up, we have similar questions from both Mike and Scott. First up, Mike writes, Mickey and Joey, I may have asked this in a tweet in the past, but do you guys know of any place where people can get off-contract Verizon iPhones? Ideally, cheaper than buying one right from Verizon or Apple. Also, something that's reliable. Scott adds to this, was wondering if you guys know of any sites or stores that sell refurb iPhones in the U.S. My girlfriend is wanting to go prepaid and use Straight Talk, so the iPhone uh, would need to accept a SIM card. Uh, 
Uh, your help is greatly appreciated. Scott. Well, thanks uh, both of you for your questions. And so we'll answer them together here. One place that Joey and I have had success in buying used Apple products in the past is cowboom.com. Cowboom is a best buy company. They offer closeout prices on brand name, new pre-owned and refurbished devices. And they have that great pricing. And if you don't mind not getting the original box, any accessories, documentation, sometimes the chargers, actually most of the time the chargers don't come with them. Um, Otherwise, a, a device in pretty decent condition, it's a good option. Now, otherwise, uh, I would say, you know, let's look at some other options here. But uh, Joey, I'd love to get your your input on this. I have recommended to Cowboom to people to purchase before. I've purchased from them before. They are a, a pretty, you know, pretty decent company. Again, it's kind of a crapshoot, but at the same time, you are going to be getting a fairly clean device, but it is a used device. Yeah, and uh, I've got my iPod Touch from them. You know, Craigslist, I know people have gotten phones off Craigslist all right. You do have to be very careful, make sure the ESN's clean and activatable. Um, you know, sometimes eBay does work as well. You want to make sure it's a trusted seller with a return policy and a good history and all that. So that's about the only places I'd, I'd even try really, uh, realistically. So I would say also, uh, go to Twitter. Uh, I've bought some devices from Twitter before. Just asking if anyone has one for sale is, is often a good way to, to go. Uh, also Craigslist, you got to be a little careful on Craigslist because especially if you're buying a device for Sprint or Verizon, check the ESN. That's absolutely essential because someone can, you know, not have paid for the service on their on their account uh, and or stolen the device uh, especially with iPhones it, it's it's really really difficult or it can be difficult sometimes and I find that with uh, eBay as well because it, you know on eBay you're getting something shipped to you you're not even meeting the person uh, where you can you know at least get a, a sense for who they are yeah and also if the phone you know it says it's an unlocked phone it's probably locked to at and I mean you really do have to be careful yeah and I, I would say to uh, just you know, use your common sense with a lot of these things. If you're not comfortable with meeting someone in person to buy a phone, don't go the Craigslist route. Um, you know, if you're if you like Twitter and you know a lot of people on Twitter and you've got good relationships with you know a big group of people, uh, you know, absolutely check on there. Uh, I I will throw out one other way, and this is something that came up this week, and so that's why I want to mention it. If you're looking for a contract to sign, or you are okay signing a contract, and and you want to go to a brick and mortar store, Radio Shack announced a new program where they're selling refreshed. And remanufactured iPhones uh, 4s and 4s at a discount. Both AT&T and Verizon devices for either the 8 or 16 gig iPhone 4. Uh, those are for free for uh, for you know certain customers. Also, AT&T customers can get the 32 gig model for free of the iPhone 4, which is great. The iPhone 4s 16 gig on AT&T goes for 100 bucks, so that's 100 dollars off what you'd get if you bought a new one. If the 32 gig model is 150, so that's 150 dollars off a brand new one. The 4s on Verizon is a hundred dollars for 16 gigs, $200 for 32 gigs and $300 for 64 gig version. So a hundred dollars off each device respectively. So that's another way to go. Again, you're still signing a contract when you do it that way, but uh, either way, if you're okay with getting a refurbished device, this is not a bad way to go. Um, you know, so a lot of, uh, a lot of great places to go out there, places to, to check out. Um, you know, as far as one of the, the more reputable ones, that's why I, I, I wanted to mention Cowboom just because we've used it before. We know it works. They're backed by Best Buy. Um, just, know what you're getting into uh, with them. Again, it's not going to be a new device. You're not going to get all the stuff with it, but you're buying it from them. You're going to get a deal on it. You're going to get a deal device. That's just kind of how that works. So, uh, but anyway, uh, some other good options there as well. 
uh, that we've talked about. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can get in touch with us by sending us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or calling us, leaving a voicemail at 206-203-3734. Either way, we'll get your question and or comment on a future show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Both Joey and I are over there, TCPJ underscore Joey and TCPJ underscore Mickey. And you can follow the site and all of the news that we talk about on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.